From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse, Jen Watson, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn Storm Spotter and Chaser, Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast. Hey, if you happen to be listening for the first time, thanks for the download. Uh, don't forget to visit stormfrontfreaks.com so you can access our library of past shows. We've had famous guests from the weather industry like Storm Chasers uh, from SVL Media and the Tornado Trackers, uh, just to name a few. But this tonight, this is episode 87, and we're talking chaser cons with JT Cooper and Chris White are with us tonight. So we're going to have some fun. Yeah. Finding all about chaser cons, maybe you're going to want to start your own, but uh, we'll also be pitting them against each other. This is going to be fun. When you have two guests, uh, you, can, you can have a fun lightning round. So we're going to pit them against each other in our lightning round. Uh, we'll also be visiting some recent uh, hashtag weather fools later on in the show, so stay tuned for that. But before we get to everything, it's always happy hour here when we record at the Stormfront Freaks Bar. We always invite our listeners to join us, so I hope you are joining us. As I say, as long as you're not at work or driving, uh, I think I think pretty much every other opportunity church. is safe, you're, right? Church, it's not good either. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, but, well okay. but you're probably not listening. You're, you're not listening to a podcast. I hope church. not. I hope yeah. not. <laughs> That's true. You probably could like throw it in the little ear and oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> so oh, let's yeah. uh so it's happy hour. We always find out what everybody's drinking. It just kind of sets up the mood of our show. It's laid back. We like to have a lot of fun with our guests. Uh so MJ, I was gonna start with you. What are you drinking tonight, sir? So tonight I have again a Captain and Coke. It's just my uh, go-to. It is it is a good go-to. Those glasses go are getting bigger, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's same time. It's like a it's all perspective how far he holds it. <laughs> oh, up okay. All right. All right, Maz. Maz, what are you drinking this evening? I have a really big beer. No, it's uh it's <laughs> a Fathead's Bumble Beer. Bumbleberry. Oh. It's really good. It's Bumble really good. Berry. Yeah. Nice. You, put my, you put my whole name in there, huh? That's a nice that? summer beer. Yeah, it's awesome. This is yeah. one of our favorites for our, our family. If I say family, I don't mean the kids. <laughs> you know, hey, we're getting into the fall. This is one of my favorite beer times is the fall with yeah. Oktoberfests and pumpkin beers, all that good stuff. Kim, what are you drinking? Well, I don't have a beer. I've got oh, wine okay. tonight, so I'm drinking my, um, my go-to, which is Apothic Red. So I'm enjoying that. Mm. That's it. Apothic Red. Very yeah. good. Well, welcome back. It's a good back. one. A good red blend. Thank you. Well, let's uh, let's do this. Let's jump to our guests. I'm I'm excited about ch uh, talking chaser cons, and and uh, so we got some a couple great guests on tonight. So Kim, uh, go ahead and let us know who we got here. All right. We want to welcome Chris White and J.D. Cooper. Um, Chris White began chasing storms in May of 2002. And after retiring as a civilian in the Defense Department, Chris joined the Virginia Tech Severe Weather Field Course, a.k.a. the Hokie Storm Chasers, as a volunteer from 2011 to 2018 and founded the Mid-Atlantic Chaser Con in 2018. 
And we also have Joseph Cooper, or known as JT. Uh, he's also a meteorologist and a co-owner at TDS Weather. He studied meteorology at the College of DuPage and Mississippi State University. JT has been a storm chaser for 17 years and is also the founder and co-organizer of the Indiana Storm Chasers Convention, started in 2011. Well, guys, welcome. Um, we really appreciate you coming on tonight. And interesting, you both have a lot of, well, kind of a similar background in many ways with being chasers. But, I mean, you both started these, you know, these chaser conventions. And I'm just kind of curious, maybe one at a time, what gets you to a point when you've been chasing all those years to say, you know what, maybe we'll get a convention together. Chris, why don't you start? Sure. Well, I've always wanted to go to the National Chaser Con, which is typically held in the wintertime, um, most of the time out in Denver, although I have moved it around a little bit. I could never seem to pull a trigger on that, given times, uh, schedules, money, and, and uh, the time of the year to go out there. So I knew that there were a number of chasers around here, especially after Virginia Tech started their meteorology program back in 2012, I believe it was. Uh, they've had a, a number of uh, chaser trips that I, obviously that I've been on. And I knew there were a number of chasers in this area, in, in the Virginia, you know, Maryland, uh, North Carolina area. So that's why I decided, hey, maybe we need to have a conference around here that we can pull people together and swap lies and you know, learn from each other. And that's why I decided to start it. So you actually got out of the Defense Department. I thought they were like the mafia. They keep pulling you back in. I don't know. I, I think they used a little flashy thing on me when I left. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I remember nothing. <laughs> Are you sure you worked for there? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. All right. Well, JT, what about you? Well, I actually uh, attended the National Storm Chasers Convention when it was out in Denver a couple years and, uh, you know, it always seemed like about, oh, uh, early early uh, January, since then February, always Valentine's Day weekend, it seems like. Um, we'd have friends from here in Indiana and be like, yeah, we're going to go, you know, we're going to go this year. And then it'd be like me and like one or two other people. And so we would go out there and, you know, we had a good time. And there was just so many people here in Indiana and around the area that were like, yeah, we'd love to go. It just doesn't seem like we have the time to dedicate to it or the money to dedicate to it or whatever. And I was like, you know, why don't we just do one here locally? You know, I mean, we've got some, you know, great chasers like, you know, obviously Adam Lucio now who lives down in Texas, but Skip Talbot and um, some great meteorologists like Brian Wilkes here in Indianapolis, who's pretty well known and interned under Tom Skilling. And I was like, we have some great people that could, you know, really talk and we could bring together and, uh, you know, so just kind of put it together. And, and luckily I had my foot in the door from storm chasing for a while and getting to meet from some, uh, some of these people. And, and so I kind of, you know, got him to to come in and, and got it started. That's amazing. I mean, so do you visit other chaser cons? I mean, do you, how, so are you thinking, okay, I visited there, visited there. I want it to be like this. I don't want to do that. Or so how, how do you guys, how are you similar and how are you guys different? I guess. Well, <laughs> JT knows uh, my first chaser con was his chaser con in the Indiana chaser uh -huh. con back in 2017. Uh -huh. And I warned him and Beth before I came out there that I was going to ask 101 questions. And I think I at least asked at least 99 of them, right, JT? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really just wanted to know, you know, how to get it off the ground. What do they do? How, you know, the organization, the logistics, who do they talk to? How do, you know, how do they actually transpire, you know, get it started and off the ground? And, and uh, he, they've obviously got a, long, a lot longer track record than mine does. But that's I learned a lot from those two. 
So tell me, what do you guys real quick, um, what happens at a chaser convention? I mean, tell me, is it a couple days? Is it one day? Do you have <clears throat> guest speakers? I mean, what's involved? I've never been to one, but I'm curious. That, so, that's a hint, by the way, that maybe you should invite Kim to be a guest all speaker. All right, yeah, Kim, we're gonna, you're coming you go. to Indiana this November. To. All right, well, Cincinnati's <laughs> my hometown, very close. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, so ours is generally one day. Um, like the, the National Storm Chasers Convention is like a Friday night through a Sunday morning, but um, we do do ours or have been doing ours mainly on a Saturday um, and we have, you know, we'll have like an ice, you know, kind of we'll get together in the morning and have coffee and donuts. We provide that. And then we'll have speakers, usually a couple speakers before lunch, and then we'll have lunch and come back and have uh, another three speakers or so in the afternoon. And um, but now we're actually think uh, thanks to uh, SVL, um, we're actually doing or they're kind of doing an icebreaker Friday night. Um, so we just in invite everybody to that. And it's it's free. It's at a hotel. And it's just like, you know, we, we just all get together and, and kind of hang out and have a good time and, and, and drink some beers or whatever you want and have some bagels. We have some people that bring bagels from New York. So nice. um, those are pretty. Yeah, they, they bring the in this uh, they bring in this uh, um, cookie dough cream cheese spread. And man, that stuff is just <laughs> I think I gained three pounds on it last year. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so we it's kind of expanded into not just Saturday, but now Friday night. Uh, but it's it's mainly just one day. Right. And that that's what we do with ours, too. Uh, last year was our first one, of course, and it was just on Saturday. And we're having it uh, last year and this year at the Science Museum of Virginia in Richmond. It's a really nice venue. And uh, last year we had speakers, mainly speakers that I knew through my network of, of people. Uh, a lot of, you know, Catherine Prosev. Sure. Uh, you know, and uh, she she's a former Hokie Storm Chaser. She was mm -hmm. she rode in my van for, for a few thousand miles. <laughs> and, uh, we want, we want stories. Yeah, we want <laughs> stories. Did she bring her guitar? <laughs> uh, no, there wasn't enough room for the guitar. Oh, okay. So, so we had her and uh, some local te television meteorologists uh, in, in the area and a couple of the National Weather Service folks speak. And then this year, we I wanted to expand it uh, both geographically and uh, to bring in some other other folks. So uh, we actually have people coming in from, uh, if you know, I'm sure most of you know the name Brad Panovich coming in from Charlotte. Mm -hmm. He'll be speaking. Uh, Dr. John Scala coming in from Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. He'll be coming down mm -hmm. to talk about integrated weather impact teams because uh, we really want to pull in the emergency management uh, side of things this year. So we're working hard for that. And then we've got, again, you know, a National Weather Service folks and, and a couple of chasers. And we will have a chaser panel talk after lunch. So uh, ours is mainly, uh, last year was was all on Saturday, this year is Saturday, but we're also uh, trying, dipping our toes in the water of a mixer on Friday nights this year, just like JT talked about. Is it open to the public or, I mean, mm -hmm. how do you advertise these things? Um, I, if you want to, we just, I mean, mostly social media. I mean, social mm -hmm. media is kind of the way of, uh, of how we do it and we have been doing it. Um, you know, yeah, and it's open to the public. We always try to make sure that we put extra emphasis on this is not just for a meteorologist or a storm chaser or a storm spotter. I mean, uh, you know, if you're a weather enthusiast and you're interested or you just want to come and see some cool pictures, I mean, um, you're anybody's more than welcome to attend this. We're happy to have mm -hmm. them. Is there like an ed I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say along the same lines, just social media and then, uh, Last year, the uh, local Richmond newspaper did a an article on ahead of time on our uh, ChaserCon, and that was picked up by a lot of services 
That was BH Media owns the newspaper. So that went across the wire to a lot of papers. That's where, uh, besides social media, that's where we got a lot of notice. I forgot what I was going to say. Phil, you go ahead. <laughs> I was laughing a little bit only because getting old. Kim was Kim was finishing her wine going, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. So what I want to know this. How are you guys soliciting soliciting your speakers? Um, obviously, starting off probably was a little bit more of a challenge, or or maybe it still is, but uh, what's... What's your method of reaching out to people and finding people that uh, would be able to do this? Well, um, you know, for me, like I said, I mean, I've, I've been very active in the Storm Chaser community for 17 years. Um, so, you know, reaching out to Storm Chasers was no problem because I knew Adam Lucio. I knew Skip Talbots. I knew, um, you know, people like that, Jen, Jen Ubel. Um, and so I, and I knew local meteorologists because I was I'd been like for Fox 59, uh, which is a local television station. I'd been like a kind of a weather spotter for them for a while. And I was good friends mm-hmm. with Brian Wilk. So I was lucky enough to have my foot in the door in a lot of places. Now, uh, you know, I mean, obviously people like Victor Gensini, who we had, uh, he was my intro to meteorology professor back up at the College of DuPage. And uh, I have, you know, had the most tremendous or still have the most tre- tremendous respect for him. So, um, you know, and with all his tornado research, I was super excited to get him down. So it's, you know, it's, it, I've just been fortunate to know a lot of people. Now we've gotten some people in there that we've just emailed and said, Hey, you know, this is, this is taken mm-hmm. off. We'd love to have you. I think people will be really interested in hearing what you have to talk about. And we think it'd be good for the chaser community, good for the weather community. And, uh, you know, some, we, we get no's all the time, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of times we, we get yeses as well. We yeah. get a lot of no's too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they work at the weather channel. <laughs> You're right. Wow. That right. seems to be the common thing. <laughs> I found that this year it's helped quite a bit to uh, have a, a support group, I guess, through our planning staff. And uh, one person that we added the planning staff that helped a lot this year was Aubrey Urbanowitz. Uh, she's a you know chief meteorologist here, and uh, not too far from me. She's just up the up the road in uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia. So she was able to reach out to some folks that that I didn't know, and, and got some people in, like Howard Bernstein, who's a TV meteorologist out of the D.C. area. He's he'll be talking about uh, the uh, uh, F4 tornado hit La Plata, Maryland, back in uh, 2002. So, uh, so people like that, and, and as JT said. I also I chase uh, in conjunction with a, a local TV station here in Roanoke, and I've chased for one of the stations in Richmond. So I was able to tap on a couple of those meteorologists as well. What JT? Because only because you guys have a little bit longer history. Um, what? Who have been some of your favorite speakers that you've had, and what have you found the audience and the participants to really like? Because um, you, I'm sure you guys do some kind of a survey following. Oh, yeah. Your, oh, yeah. Yeah. So so favorite speakers uh, for you and, and what have you found to be? Um, um, I don't know the word I'm thinking. Or, but So I think my favorite speakers uh, are a lot of the crowd's favorite speakers. Um, I like Brian Wilkes a lot. He's he's a local meteorologist here out of Indianapolis at WXIN Fox 59. Uh, um, and he's just a people person. I remember the first time he came in. Uh, we had him there the first year and I had him, I think it was, he was on at like two o'clock. 
or at 1.30 after lunch, and it's like 1.28, and I'm like, where is this guy? And he walks in, he's like, hey, JT, pull up the 500 millibar vorticity map and just stay up there and we'll pull through it. And he just sits there and talks, and I'm he's going through these, and he's just a people person. He doesn't even need a presentation. He just goes up there and talks about what he does. He's really funny. He's just really fun to listen to. Um, Jennifer Ubel, um, she's, some of you guys know her. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right. Um, she is a photographer and an amazing photographer. Um, I remember the first year we brought her in, she done like a, uh, slideshow of her photographs and put it to some music. And I was just absolutely like, just all inspired. I mean, it was the most amazing thing I had seen as far as like storm chasing, especially when it comes to pictures. Um, she was really great. Uh, Victor Gensini was really, really good. Um, I was trying to think of some of my other ones. I really like Skip. He's very informative. He's very in-depth. Um, so, I mean, those are my favorites. And those have been a lot of the crowd's favorites as well. I mean, basically those same. Every year, if we don't have Brian Wilkes, we get questions. Where is Brian Wilkes? Like, And we're like, you know, we can't have him every year. Like, we want to mix it up some, but we always get that question. It's like so Waldo. Where's Waldo? Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it really is. And it's like people are like, well, when's Brian coming back? And we're like, well, you know, we'll, we'll have him back. Don't worry. It's just we're not going to have him back every year. So he's he's by far our most requested speaker, even though he's not really like nationally known or anything. So where do you guys see the future of this? Or where do you actually hope things will go? Well, from our perspective, uh, you know, we're just kind of taking baby steps right now, you know, trying to figure, feel out both the, the geographic area and the, the subject areas. You know, one area that we have not touched on, and uh, we may in the future, is hurricanes. Uh, obviously, you know, this is hurricane season right now, and we're familiar with, uh, you know, Dorian's effects are about 100 miles in the southeast of me right now. But um, we may talk about, may expand into that, uh, depending on how we, how we can get some research people in here. Um, Really, this, the struggle that I had had and still have in, in the chaser community, if, if you just want to talk about that, is, is finding lady chasers. I mean, that was why I was excited to have uh, Catherine in last year, because she's not only she's, she's a tremendous speaker and very articulate, but she, she you know, represents the ladies. And, and I've had, been having trouble finding enough of those folks to come in. So I've been looking to balance that out quite a bit with our speakers. Yeah. Uh, if I'm okay to go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Um, for us, I mean, you know, obviously we want to continue to growing. Um, you know, for us, we really just do this because there's, you know, I know there's people in the Midwest, like I said, that can't make it out to Oklahoma City or Denver. So, you know, it's really because we're involved with the local Chase community and we want to give them the opportunity, um, you know, to attend something like this, learn, have fun, meet each other. Um, you know, the, the thing I've thought about is, I mean, and I'm sure you guys know is like, when it comes to weather, severe weather, and I love severe weather, but when it comes to weather, nothing beats winter weather. I mean, I don't like winter weather, but a lot of people love winter weather. And so the thing we've thought about is expanding it into having some kind of, maybe not included with the Storm Chasers Convention, um, but doing kind of a secondary thing sometime to talk about winter weather. Um, but the big thing we've ran into with that is um, especially trying to get it going is like, who are we going to have talk, you know? And, and I mean, there's people out there that would be great, you know, great to, uh, to talk, you know, but it's like a lot of these people, I don't really know personally. Um, and, and just coming from experience, it's really hard that if they don't really know who you are or what you're doing, or you say, oh, well, these are a bunch of storm chasers. Sometimes, 
you know, meteorologists are kind of like, eh, you know, I don't really mm. want to do that. So, well, we've gone 87 episodes with that same challenge. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, but but winter weather, you know, it's not like you know, storm chasers. I can just reach out and say, hey, you know, this is a storm chaser. I know him. You want to come speak? And and right. you know, most of the time, I get a yes. And um, but with you know, there are people that chase, obviously, like blizzards and winter storms and stuff. But it's just. It's it's kind of a, a little bit smaller of a, a niche community in in the winter weather as far as kind of getting people to talk or speak about it. Plus, the older you get, the less you like cold weather. So, well, I, so I've I'm heard. 31 and I've hated it for about five years. So I don't know what that means, but it's a sign. Baby. It's a sign. Oh, not winter. It's just a sign of the times, right? Winter convention. Mm-hmm. So, hey, uh, tell you what, we're gonna take a, a quick break. Go ahead and refill your drink. And check out our exclusive tracker chat with the Tornado Trackers as they chase Hurricane Dorian. Uh, Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome to Tracker Chat, the storm chasing podcast. I'm Jeremy Heyman, your host. This week we've got a special episode Uh, My chasing partners, Jeff Mangum and Gabe Cox, were on the road this week chasing Hurricane Dorian. Uh, It's a special episode, kind of a travel log. You'll hear from Gabe Cox as he describes his and Jeff Mangum's time attempting to chase this hurricane. So take it away, Gabe. It is September 2nd. It's 6 in the morning. Hurricane Dorian is just absolutely wrecking the Bahamas right now moving officially at one mile an hour as a Category 5 over the islands. Uh, Some of the forecast models are still showing the eye wall brushing the Florida coast, so we're going to continue to Cape Canaveral. Still too close to call where that landfall is going to be, but because it's so close, we're going to give it a go. We're going to keep trekking. It is 610 on September 2nd, and we are... In Jacksonville Beach, Florida, we drove all through the night last night and most of the day today to get here, and the forecast for Hurricane Dorian continues to be very complex. It seems more and more likely that the hurricane is going to stay off the Florida coast, but be very, very, very close. So we are hanging out in Jacksonville, but it's keeping us on our toes for sure. It is 10 a.m. on September 3rd. We are waking up in Jacksonville Beach, but it looks like Hurricane Dorian is going to pass well offshore here. Um, So we are looking at forecast models this morning and determining whether a jog north to North Carolina is in order, and it looks like that's probably going to be what we do next. It's about 2 p.m. on September 4th, um, and we drove through the night last night into Charleston, South Carolina where Hurricane Dorian is forecast to make a very close brush by the city. Uh, Parts of Charleston lie below sea level, and so the storm surge event here could be one of the top five worst in the city's history. So we've decided that this is going to be our spot to document the storm as it goes by. We have scouted out multiple parking garages throughout the city. We found one that we really like. We're going to start here and see what happens tonight. We actually just got a warning on our phones that said to evacuate immediately because of changes in Hurricane Dorian forecast track. We're going to go ahead and log off here and see what those changes may be. 
Well, it's 5 a.m. on the 5th, and Dorian is getting very close to Charleston. And <clears throat> had one of those unexpected situations pop up. I, uh, about two hours ago, started feeling a bit nauseous. And sure enough, uh, got sick to my stomach here in the parking garage and had to pass out for about an hour. Um, just had to take it easy. I think it was a combination of exhaustion from several days worth of tracking the storm and dehydration. Uh, but now the, uh, the eye's getting close. I'm feeling a little bit better, a little bit weak, but gotta push through keep documenting this thing because it's it's almost right on top of us all right it's about four in the afternoon here in uh, North Myrtle Beach South Carolina and the intense rain bands are just finally catching up to us after we travel northeast uh, from Charleston it's been a very very long day um, traveling and getting to position and scouting all on very little sleep over the past several days. This has certainly been a grind of a hurricane chase. But we have made it to where we think we're going to ride out the storm. Not positive, but it looks as though the eye may not even get on shore near Wilmington. So we're not certain that we want to go that far north. Yeah, this has been a grind. We're exhausted but we're we're here we're filming all right i'm not even sure what time it is it's sometime in the evening but we're as close as we're going to get to dorian on this chase um we are in the outer uh eye wall um so not the most intense part of the eye wall but things are getting pretty crazy around here we're in north myrtle beach south carolina and after days and days of tracking this storm and trying to get in a position, we finally made it as close as we think we can. The wind gusts here are getting pretty significant. This is going to be our closest approach right now. Huge gusts coming through. Wow. Um, currently seeing small bits of debris go flying. Um, we're seeing roof shingles getting ripped off. There's a fence that's about to get blown over. We've seen it almost go here. Stop signs are wiggling loose. We've seen a, a large aluminum sign go flying. It's been a journey to get here. But we're in position. We're capturing the footage that we set out to capture. And we're making the best of what was one of the harder tropical systems that our team has ever chased. Well, Hurricane Dorian officially made landfall today in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, um, September 6th. We did not drive the additional, I believe it would have been six hours or more to get there. Uh, after Myrtle Beach in our close brush with Dorian, we were pretty exhausted and pretty wiped. So we actually treated ourselves to a hotel. It was a rare occasion for the tornado trackers who normally sleep in their car. Um, and we slept hard. 
this was one of the most grueling storm chases we have had following the storm up the east coast and it basically teasing us up from St. Augustine, Florida through Georgia, through South Carolina, almost into North Carolina. We were pretty close where we were and to have the eye only what 20 to 30 miles offshore at some points obviously hoping to get into the eye um see the the sun come out in the eye that's always a dream for a storm chaser but it's one of those things where you know we're we're hoping to experience the worst of the storm but really hoping that it turns out well for everyone in the path um but yeah i think overall no regrets we're gonna um remember this one for sure and we're looking forward to our next chase opportunity Thanks so much for joining us on Tracker Chat this week for a special Hurricane Dorian edition. Uh, look for our footage of Hurricane Dorian on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash tornado trackers. You can find us all over the web. Uh, just search tornado trackers. I'm sure you'll find us. Uh, thanks to the Stormfront Freaks guys for, for hosting our tiny little podcast. Uh, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Helicity.co is the leader in weather-themed clothing and accessories for the Stormfront Freak and you. Besides a creative line of weather-themed t-shirts, footwear, bags, and more, they also carry an exclusive line of Stormfront Freak's podcast gear and drinkware. Get a 10% discount on your entire order when you use the code SFF for Stormfront Freaks at checkout. That code again is SFF. Find it all at Helicity.co. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're with Indiana and Mid-Atlantic ChaserCon organizers, uh, JT Cooper and Chris White. Um, my question to you guys was, was this. What challenges have you faced or you remember facing kind of starting your, your ChaserCon and putting it together? What were the speed bumps? JT, um, you first, since you okay. got a little more history there. Okay. Um, you know, a few of the speed bumps, obviously, you know, first off getting, getting enough people to speak the first couple of years. Um, you know, I think the first year we might only had like four or something. Um, you know, that was, that was one, probably honestly, the, the biggest challenge is finding somewhere to host it because we started off, um, we started off in a library, um, locally. And then we went to actually, we are third year, third or fourth year, a um, couple of years there. We actually hosted it up at uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway up at Brickyard Crossing Golf Course. Um, and then, you know, so the, it's kind of been a little bit of a challenge to find places that host it. Um, those are probably the main two challenges. Um, you know, everybody's been great, great to come. The only challenge I have will say that's been like, I've really like kind of bit my nails on is it always seems right around that that second week of november we always have some kind of a severe weather event <laughs> and we've had multiple severe weather events that fall within like a day or two of the storm chasers convention and i've had speakers be like i don't even know if i'm going to show up if there's like a moderate or high risk in illinois or something i'm like oh lord what are we going to do so um 
So, I mean, that's been a little that's bit nerve wracking. That's a commitment right there. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. Yeah. And it's, I'm like, I'm, I need to have three presentations ready in case I have to do all three of them, I guess. But, um, you know, but no, the biggest challenge is just, you know, at least initially was finding speakers. We don't really have that issue as much anymore. Um, and we've found a venue. So, you know, our biggest challenge is now, um, you know, is really, you know, there's so many kind of small details that are um, go into it, whether it's just, you know, making sure the sound works properly or making sure that, um, you know, we get the right amount of coffee, you know, for everybody in the morning. It's the more challenging aspect of it now is really the small, small details. What, what about you, Chris? Challenges you've uh, come across already in the last couple of years? Yeah, I think our main challenge to begin with is we wanted to make this an affordable convention for people and not charge them an arm and a leg. But on the other hand, I didn't want to lose money at it either. So finding a place, as JT said, finding a place to host was was uh financially restrained. And I, I could find a lot of places around the Richmond area, which is pretty, pretty central to mid-Atlantic because there's a, you know, interstates coming in and out of there. There's an airport there, but they were fairly expensive. And I happened to kind of stumble across the, the fact that the science museum offers rooms to rent that are like one half to one third of what everybody else was charging. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of sealed the deal for us. And I think we'll probably be there for, from here on out. And besides that, it's, it's more, uh, you know, again, getting speakers and finding people who are available. I mean, I had several people in mind this year that I would love to have had, but there was a conflict with their schedule. So, you know, I guess the, the only other thing I could throw out there was that I'm always sitting there, you know, the last few weeks, which is when most people buy tickets, is, you know, you know, chewing on my fingernails, making sure hopefully <laughs> we have enough people buying tickets. Those well, cheap we, uh, rooms, they don't rent them by the hour, do they? No, uh, no. That, that's a different convention. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and just that's, to add to that, we've had, I actually had a meteorologist here from Indianapolis. Um, she was supposed to speak and the day we, she was supposed to speak, she went into labor. And so I ended up having that. Uh, luckily I had a backup presentation. So I just got up and done a presentation myself. So, um, we did have that happen one year. Oh, that that's an excuse. I mean, I, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, oh one. yeah. Definitely. She felt really bad about that's it. Legit. And I was like, uh, no, <laughs> just you know, it's fine. You don't have to apologize. Well, there is a just so you guys know, there is a best of Stormfront Freaks podcast uh presentation <laughs> and a uh there's a, a chaser guest tip compilation, you know, that we've put together of, of all of our past chaser guests when they talk about tips and how they deck out their cars and mm-hmm. what they like to use. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Well, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how do you guys, when you, when you choose speakers or you ask them to speak, do they just come up with a topic of their own or do you have themes? Do you tell them what you want them to speak on? How does that work? She's fishing. Um, you know, for (laughs) us, it's, it's honestly, it's a little bit of both. Um, we have, you know, we have like, if we, especially there'll be certain people that we see within the community that we're like, we would really like, you know, for instance, we had Skip Talbot come in and he's, uh, you know, he has been over in Africa doing like some research, putting up weather stations on uh, to do research on like global warming. Um, so I I messaged him like, hey, you know, this isn't even storm chasing related, but I would love to have you come in and talk about, you know, your what you're doing over there. And he um, he has tons of just these crazy stories that have happened to him while he's in, in Africa. Um, and so, you know, we did, you know, we were like, Hey, we want you to do this. Victor Gensini. We're like, you know, we want you to talk about, um, you know, your tornado research, but then we have people that will bring in and, and we'll be like, you know what, you know, whatever you want to talk about, feel free to talk about it. I mean, that's, you know, 
it doesn't really it's it's always nice just to have somebody say oh, i'm going to talk about this and it's kind of a surprise to all of us and we don't really have like a uh, kind of an agenda or anything particularly we want them to, to talk about or say so um so it's 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 okay. both for us really yeah what about you, chris I, I would agree with that it, it's a little bit of an iterative process you know finding people that would speak and you know, I found too, if you give somebody a blank sheet, sometimes they, get, they, they go blank. But if you give them a you know, rough idea, like, hey, we'd like to talk, you'd like you to talk about severe weather in your television market, for instance, mm -hmm. then let them come up with that and we can iterate on those topics. But for the most part, it's in there, it falls in their court. And, you know, for, for instance, last year, we were fortunate to get David Hoadley to come speak, who, for those of you who don't know, he's the father of American storm chasing. I mean, he's been storm chasing since the 50s. Oh my gosh. And he came in and gave a, a knockout presentation of, you know, just how it used to be, you know, the old chasing with a, with a weather radio and paper maps kind of thing. Oh, just, that was me. Yeah. I've, I've done that too. Uh -huh. so. And a bottle but, of wine. And a, yeah, probably so. <laughs> so what, t tell me guys a little bit if, if um, the last question I kind of have on, on the, uh, the chaser conventions Two things. Number one, sell me. I want you each to sell me if I'm just, I enjoy weather, but I don't really chase. I, I like following it and I, I like severe weather and all that kind of stuff. But I might be a little cautious about attending something like this because maybe I, I'll feel like I don't fit in. Mm -hmm. So sell me on why I should come. Um, do that, Let's do that first. So Chris, I'll start with you. <laughs> I mean, I can't toss it to JT. Uh, you can't, no. <laughs> uh, well, the reason you should come is if you have an interest in severe weather, this is a great place to come to learn more about it. There will be people who not only have chased storms, but meteorologists, forecasters, National Weather Service, television people that, that understand how storms form. And you understand more about the warning process, understand more about what to do if a severe storm is in your area. And you can have a lot of fun just meeting people of the same mind. I hope JP. you guys... I was going to say, I hope you guys also talk about your own personal experience of like what you got into, into why you got into weather or have that, um, you know, just that big inquiry. Because I, I, as we go around the country, I love hearing what was it for this person that really got them interested. Well, from, from our aspect, uh, I try to just start the ball rolling in the morning and then just step out of the way. I don't do a lot of talking mm -hmm. so far about myself. Although I do, like JT, you know, had, had that experience at the last minute. I do have a backup presentation in my pocket if I have to talk. So, JT, what about you? Sell, sell me on why I, uh, I'm a weather geek. I love weather, mm -hmm. but I, you're this, you know, you're this big storm chaser and you got all these storm chasers coming in and I'm, I'm worried about fitting in. Yeah. I mean, so simply, you know, it's a great opportunity to learn. It's a great opportunity to see some really, you know, every, you know, if you're a storm chaser, you just, you love storms. You love to see them. You love to experience them. It's a great opportunity to see what other chasers have experienced, what they've saw, um, you know, and, and overall it's a great place to do it because it's not like you're walking into um, necessarily like a severe weather symposium or something at a university where it's like, oh, I'm here with all these learned people. Um, even though, I mean, a lot of us ha do have a, quite a bit of intelligence within the field of meteorology. Um, but it's just super laid back. I mean, in the morning, we have coffee and donuts. You grab that. You talk to people. Everybody's super nice. We have uh, booths set up in the back, and you can go talk to people that are at these booths, whether it's SVL or whether it's National Weather Service or, or, or college or whatever. And it's just a really laid back, fun environment. There's no pressure. If you want to go and talk to everybody there, 
you're more than welcome to do that. If you want to go and hang out by yourself and just enjoy it, you're more than welcome to do that. And so it's just like we want to make it incorporative for everybody, um, you know, and, and just make it a really relaxed, fun environment. So nobody feels like they're, you know, have to be stressed about it. And then they can take that. And, and I think, you know, that stress-free environment is a great environment to not only just meet people, but also to learn. So an icebreaker Friday helps too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just, you know, we have some people that maybe get a little, you know, drink a, a few too many beers Friday night. And so, you know, they're missing the first couple of presentations of the day. But after the, after lunch, they're back. And, uh, you know, we always get that people bad. that are like, well, wow. so-and-so is not making it. He'll, they'll be here about 1.30. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, to, to be completely honest, I can't say, you know, when I attended the National Storm Chasers convention uh, that, that that didn't happen to me once. But um, so, you know, I'll, you know, being up front but yeah so yeah the the icebreaker uh, that friday night is is a great event it's a lot of fun was the national one in vegas mm. no it was not it was in denver okay yeah Ooh. <laughs> when they when Still they good. go to vegas yeah. give me a call all right <laughs> yeah. most, uh, most exciting chase you've been on chris what's the most exciting chase you've mm. been on personally personally it was here in virginia back in september of 2004 when the remnants of Hurricane Ivan came through, there was a tornado outbreak that burst out in the in the area. I was living in Northern Virginia at the time when I was working in for the government, and I was able to uh, chase the uh, what wound up being the F3 tornado that uh, was the strongest of the bunch that day. And uh, we uh, I was chasing actually with my son and, and daughter-in-law, and uh, we, we tracked that tornado. Went through, actually drove through the damage path, tracked it up until we finally had to give up because of uh, Friday afternoon traffic coming out of DC. But that was pretty exciting for me. How about you, JT? Well, I'm going to give two, um, and I'll try to get through them quick. Oh, so the oh, first one, I know. <laughs> uh, so the first one was the uh, Parkersburg EF5 back on May 25th of 2008. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. We actually punched that. We core punched that from the north Ouch. and um, came through and couldn't see the tornado for a while and finally got far enough south. And I looked over and there's this just I'm sorry, I'm, I'm looking off in the space thinking, but there's this massive wedge tornado, probably like, I don't know, three quarters of a mile from us. It's so wide that in the video, it doesn't even actually fit in our camera frame. Oh my gosh. Wow. And so we're like just hauling south. I mean, we're, I'm like, just go south, just go south, just go south. And we get into the RFD and it's throwing like softball size hail onto the car. Um, I, we got lucky though, because it didn't actually break the windshield somehow. I think it had actually got picked up and kind of spun around the tornado. So it kind of gotten mushy. And so it just kind of splattered when it hit the car. So that was, that's probably my most exciting chase. Um, the other chase was a couple, two, three years ago, we actually saw a tornado up in Remington, Indiana on a marginal risk day. Um, and we watched it go from basically nothing to a wall cloud to this beautiful white funnel that touched down for probably a good 45 seconds to a minute, stayed on the ground and then went back up. And we just got to see the whole tornado genesis. And we were probably like 100 yards away from it. And so, I mean, that was just that was an exciting chase, but it was just such a beautiful tornado out in the middle of nowhere. So it was one you could really enjoy and you weren't like, oh, I hope that doesn't you know, hit houses or hit buildings or anything like that. So that was a very enjoyable chase as well. What kind of car were you driving during that big hailstorm? Um, we were in a, uh, let me think, we were in a, you know, we've gone so th through so many cars storm chasing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, uh, we were in a Dodge Durango, I believe, at that time. That should be like some sort of a promotion. Able to withstand softball size hail. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. 
Um, Maz, so, you're always looking for the money angle. Right? Yeah, he is, isn't he? So JT is the um, 74 <clears throat> outbreak. You know, is it still being talked about in Indiana? Do they still? Oh, yeah. Do you hear stories about it all the oh, time yeah. from the old timers? <laughs> yeah. So, and the nice thing, and the, and the thing is, actually, I was talking about Brian Wilkes earlier. He done a big study on that, um, and and that's like he talks all the time about that. If we have him at Chaser Con, his Love he it. talks about that a lot. And yeah, that's I mean the the seventy four outbreak for Indiana at least is still kind of the um, I guess the epitome of tornado outbreaks in this region. Obviously, you still have like Dixie Alley <clears> and those kind of outbreaks, but. Right. Um, but for up here, yeah, that's that's still widely talked about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? I think that about does it. And that is the sound, <laughs> gentlemen. Uh, it is time for our lightning round. So this is our game show of flashy questions. We always play with our guests. Uh, we always invite our listeners uh, to, to play along with us as well. Uh, but tonight... Tonight's version, so we're going to pit. We, the fun part of having two guests means we can actually make this like a game show. We can actually pit you two against each other. <laughs> so tonight we're, we're going to play a little version of Hollywood Squares. Oh, okay. little this version of Hollywood Squares. Generational thing. A uh, little bit. A <laughs> little bit. But hey, everyone knows tic-tac-toe, right? Sure. Uh, so, so if you know tic-tac-toe, you pretty much know uh, how the game is played. Uh, so what I'm going to do, instead of doing X's and O's, uh, I'm going to do lightning bolts, and I'm going to do uh, sunny skies or, or a shining sun. We're going to play Severe a little tic-tac-toe. Severe clear. <laughs> <Yeah>. clear. <laughs> and, and so, JT, you're going to be the lightning bolt. Okay. Chris, oh, Chris you're going to be the sunshine, and, and I already don't won. take Aww. anything personal. <laughs> yeah. Don't take anything personal on that. <laughs> You're um, a shining so, star. And, and of course, our celebrity guests are going to be our uh, freaks. So we've got um, MJ, we've got Maz, and, and we've got Kim that are going to be uh, going to be our celebrity guests. So what I'm going to have you guys do is I'm just going to have you pick what part of the tic-tac-toe board you want to you wanna take. And I'm going to ask a question of the celebrity guests, and they're going to give me an answer, and all you have to do is agree or disagree with their answer. If you get it right, you get your symbol in the square. If you get it wrong, the opposing person gets their symbol in the square, okay? Uh, but to win, uh, you, you, you have to get it right to win, okay? You, you can't give up. Like, if it's to win and you get it wrong, your, your opponent doesn't get that square. Make sense? Okay. Yeah. Last one All went right. for four hours, just saying. It, it did. <laughs> well, it did, partly because I didn't remember the rules. <laughs> how that goes so so here's what we're going to do so here's our uh, here's our board uh it is a normal tic-tac-toe board oh, uh nice. we, we flipped a coin we flipped a coin behind the scenes and uh jt won so you could just start off uh okay. tell me which square would you like to go for uh we're gonna go middle mm. we're gonna go middle square okay mm-hmm. so for the middle square this is to mj mj um the number of tornadoes reported so far in 2019, for Indiana, uh, was 39, which was higher than Virginia's. Is that true or false? Did Indiana, so far, are they coming in high, higher than Virginia when it comes true. to tornado? Rivers? I'm going true. You're going to say true. So, JT, do you agree or disagree? I would agree. And that would be correct. That would be correct. So, we're, we're going to get our little... Uh, our little, I gotta find our lightning bolt. 
this is this is bad old school. Wow, that's uh, wow. here. But anyway, yeah, it takes a while. There we go. Bam! Wait, lightning wait, bolt. All right. Nice. Man. Every time we get a lightning bolt, can I pull out the the uh, the lightning McQueen kachow kind of thing? Or Shazam! Shazam! All right, Chris. Get get what what are you shooting for? Oh, let's go top left. Top left. So we're gonna go top left. All right, Maz. Hmm. Uh, this is coming to you. So here here's the rep- uh, here's the question. These are hail reports for 2019. Um, Virginia is coming in with more hail reports than Indiana with 62 so far for the year. Is that true or false? That is false. That is false. So you're saying Indiana is coming in with more hail reports. So, Chris, do you agree or disagree? Disagree. <laughs> that is incorrect. Uh, that... that uh, that would be uh, that would be true. So I'm going to go ahead. We're going to go back to our board, and uh, upper left. That's going to get the lightning bolt. Oh, uh, so we're, we're moving fast. <laughs> Shazam threw him off. Uh, I wouldn't have trusted okay. Maz either, by the way. All right, there, there we go. So uh, JT, JT, we're going to you. What would you like to take? Well, uh, I guess that uh, bottom right corner. Bottom right corner. So this yeah. would be this we're would be potentially. For the win. So, Kim, this is going to oh, you. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, the question is this. Uh, compiled the number of lightning deaths from 1959 to 1994. Between Indiana and Virginia, who do you think has the most lightning deaths during that time period? I will say... <laughs> I know. <laughs> we'll go with. Let's just go with Virginia because seems like Indiana. Keeps All right. So, and so Kim, so. Kim, Kim says Virginia has more lightning deaths during that time period. Uh, would you agree or disagree, JT? I would disagree. That would be yeah. correct. Wow. Indiana actually has had the most lightning deaths during that time period. More so golfers. Jake, this was super unfair because I'm very good at Indiana climatology. <laughs> you also well, got I'll tell you golfers. what, you, you turned the four-hour game from last time into a four-minute game. So. Which I'll be honest with you, it's, it's okay. Because I don't think I had enough questions to really go uh, for a long time. Oh, okay. Thanks, JT. So, so I, I, think, uh, I, think, I think we're all good. So great job on that. All right, guys. So here's what I want to do. Um, first off, uh, I'm going to give you a quick opportunity. Plug your convention for this year with any information you want to share, where people can find or get tickets, et cetera. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start with you. Um, give us some info on uh, Mid-Atlantic ChaserCon. Certainly. It will be on Saturday, October 26th at the Science Museum of Virginia in Richmond. Uh, tickets are available at midatlanticchasercon.com, if you can remember that. And we have, as, as I mentioned before, we have speakers everywhere from uh, uh, Dr. John Scala from Pennsylvania down through the Carolinas to Brad Panovich, <clears throat> Brad Panovich from Charlotte, North Carolina, we have two different uh, 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 National Weather Service offices represented, both Raleigh, North Carolina, and Wakefield, Virginia. Uh, we have a chaser panel coming in to talk uh, from uh, perspectives of what chasing in Virginia versus chasing out on the Great Plains is like. We have three panelists who will be talking about that. And we also have, uh, for those of you that know Dr. Bill Hark, he's a fairly well-known chaser. He happens to also be in our advisory team. He's going to be giving a presentation as a professional photographer 
And I'll, I like the title of his talk. It's uh, Tips and Tricks for Storm Chasers to Improve Their Photos and to Avoid Post-Chase Misery When Those Awesome Storm cho- Photos Don't Look So Good. <laughs> That's a run-on sentence, man. <laughs> That's a long title. <laughs> good. So, how, Chris, where, where can people uh, find out more information and follow uh, the convention? And then also, uh, you personally, how can they follow you on social media? Sure. Well, the convention, there is a Facebook page, Mid-Atlantic Chaser Con. There's also a, a Twitter account. at It's at M Chaser Con. Excuse me. And my personal uh, uh, Twitter handle is at Chris V-A Victor Alpha W-X. Cool. All right, JT, tell us about Indiana Chaser Con this year. What's going on and how can they find out more information? All right. So uh, it is Saturday, November 16th this year, and the icebreaker is uh, the 15th, which is that uh, that Friday beforehand. It's at uh, it's in Danville, Indiana. That's just west of Indianapolis. Um, and that's at actually at the 4-H fairgrounds. They have a nice big convention center there we've been using, and it holds tons of people. It's a great facility. Um, they do wonders for us there. So we'll be doing that on the 16th of November. Um, we have speakers coming in, and those are, you know, some of those speakers are going to be um, you know, going to be really good. We have um, Dr. Robert, um, I don't know if I, or Robin, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Tenamachi. She's an assistant professor at Purdue University. Um, so she's going to be talking, I think, uh, a bit about her research she's done with some of the mobile radars. Um, we've got um, Rick McCoy, who's the director of Homeland Security and Emergency Management out of Van Wert, Ohio. He does a lot of EMA presentations from, uh, you know, around the nation. Uh, he's very well respected. Uh, Kerry Meltzer is going to be there um, from SVL. He's going to be talking. So we've got, you know, we've got several, and we've got two or three more. Um, so we've got that lined up. Uh, you can go to Chaser or com and uh, check us out there. If you want to, you know, register, you can <clears throat> register there. If you want to follow us on Twitter, um, you can follow us at uh, Con. If you want to follow us on uh, Facebook, you can find us at uh, Indiana Storm Chasers Convention. And if you want to follow me uh, on Twitter, I'm at Met underscore Cooper, M-E-T underscore C-O-O-P-E-R. All right. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to take our final break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to have an opportunity to talk a little bit more about some hashtag weather fools. We'll see you when we get back. This is Jeff. This is Jeremy. This is Gabe. We're the Tornado Trackers. You're listening live to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the sun. All right. Welcome back. Hey, time now for Weather Fools. This is the part of the show where we're, there's a, a whole bunch this week, by the way. Uh, people doing ridiculous stuff in the weather. They probably shouldn't be. And uh, with the hurricane, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So, Kim, ladies first tonight. <laughs> All right, hopefully I can get through this without laughing too hard. All right, we're looking at Twitter right now. This is um, the Daily's Daily's uh, Twitter account. And he sent out a tweet to Ed Piotrowski. You know, he's a chaser. And he said, hey, what's your hot take on this one? And, of course, this has to do with Hurricane Dorian. And I really honestly do not know where this is exactly. But uh, I'm going to play the video. And when you guys see this. I mean, I'll, I'll describe it too, but there's actually, and I'm trying to think that might be a Subaru. That's the only thing I could think of that might be out there in the ocean. I mean, it's, it's on the beach, but waves are coming up over it. And this guy 
maybe the driver, I don't know, is sitting on top of it with waves coming at him, the surf coming up, and he is sitting there in a yoga pose. He looks like he's meditating or, and just sitting there and, you know, doing, um, I'm not sure if, if I could hear him, it's probably what he was saying, but then all of a sudden he disappears. He's not there anymore. And the car's getting, you know, taken away the by the ocean. So I think he is the biggest weather fool. And, or maybe that's not his car. I don't know, but why is there a car well, yeah, sitting I mean, on the beach so like that? that in was the ocean? that stage? Cause that looks like still a pretty new car. So the question is, was that staged? Because that's one option. Or the other option is just, like, did he drive too far and then he got stuck in the soft sand, couldn't get out when, when mm. the surf just kept rising and the surge was coming in? And yeah. then he's like, all right, let's make some, make some video out of this. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to go viral or something. I mean, who, that's good question. Does anybody know? Anybody know? I, that JT, was that I staged? Actually, did you know him? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My best friend, he was mad at his buddy and took his car. Um, no, he. I actually heard that it was a Jeep. And yeah. oh, um, okay. the guy oh, thought that it would be fun just to see if he could drive it like through the waves and through the sand. I guess he took four wheel drive too seriously. That was what I heard. I don't know. That's not a Jeep. It, you don't think it's not a Jeep? No, that it might be a Grand Jeep. Cherokee. It might be a, mm. a newer one. But anyways, I don't know that. Yeah. I mean, I have no proof of that. That's not. But that's just a rumor that I heard. Mm. Several on car Facebook, companies maybe. on line one right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we lost another spot. Another spot. <laughs> no, <it's... laughs> it failed. Whatever it was. Okay. All right, should I stop sharing now? Are we uh, done talking? It about doesn't this matter. One? You can keep it. You're good. All right, Phil, you've got a few, I think. I, I got a few. So number one, thanks to thanks to Dorian. So number one, I'm going to share with you. This was uh, from Twitter. Uh, I happened to see it. This this was viral, but uh, this was at Tyler underscore Vasquez had this on. He said, from a mobile home park in Palm Bay, this man has some ideas on how the military could stop hurricanes. So I'm going to play this audio for you. See how they haven't come up with some kind of way to com combat these storms yet. They keep saying, uh, you know, two days ago, three days ago, oh, it's said this, but it's going to hit all this warm weather, all this warm weather and warm water. We have a Navy. Why don't the Navy come and drop ice in the warm water so it, that it can't get going as fast as it's going? got to be ways to combat this instead of just pointing at the thing and say well it's uh, now it's getting worse yeah we know it's getting worse but you tell us oh it's the warm weather oh it's the wind well we have an air force drive some air force planes around to get the winds going the opposite way the navy to go in circles to fight it the other way you know it's, it's brilliant like a roundabout right <laughs> brilliant theoretically <laughs> <laughs> what, is the, what do the Marines do? That's what I want to know. Yeah, let's get the whole, let's get the whole, right into whole it. group involved. All right, so that's number one. Number two is from the Washington Examiner. Uh, I'll find which one this one is. Uh, and, and this was the former, uh, this is an article about the former Canadian Prime Minister made a comment that she, uh, she hoped Hurricane Dorian strikes a direct hit on, on uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. Um, obviously, she she apparently doesn't like Trump, uh, but it's Kim Campbell served as the 19th Canadian prime minister 
for less than five months in 1993. Uh, I, I don't know the reasoning for that, but uh, uh, but anyway, made 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 some comment. I'm rooting for a direct hit on Mar-a-Lago. Oh Sometimes even things you think you shouldn't say. So much hate. <laughs> All right, yeah. next one from Twitter. So this was uh, at Severe Weather EU. They always got some good ones because mm-hmm. there's a lot of weather fools around the world. Uh, but this was a video talking about the big floods in Monterey, Mexico. This is August 21st, uh, 25th. <laughs> I'll have a drink to that. In and it shows, it shows basically a highway underpass ramp oh. that's completely flooded. And there are dozens of cars underwater uh, in this underpass. And so the question is, how did they get there? Like, were these cars that yeah. probably thought, oh, we can make it through and then realize, oh, crap, we can't, stalled. And, now, and then the, obviously the waters probably rose even higher. But how did all of these cars end up oh my on, underwater? <laughs> and and if, if you watch a little bit here into the video, there's one, it looks like you see uh, the back end of it. It's like it's floating up and down. Oh, <laughs> it's like oh, the bottom is way down at the bottom and the the back of the car is just barely above the surface of the water but um anyway a wow. lot of weather fools on that one it, so yeah i've got four weather fools but if you count that there's probably a couple dozen right there the last one comes from ksn.com uh this is obviously in kansas but uh, the article is dozens of Kansans rescued from Arizona desert by park officials who warned them not to enter. And so uh, what happened was this group of 44 fitness coordinators, <laughs> right? Uh, we can do it. <laughs> Temperatures oh, yeah. were well above 100 degrees and an oh. excessive heat warning was issued. Uh, park officials say they advised the group not to hike. But they did it anyway, and a couple hours later, more uh, hikers needed to be rescued from the heat exhaustion. You know, the, the problem is, guys, when you don't listen to the officials, yeah. and then you get yourself in trouble, now you put the officials and the rescuers in trouble at the same time. Yeah, uh, sure. It's not just yourself, but you're putting other people at risk as well. So I got to, I mean, there was 44 there. There's a couple dozen underwater, uh, plus the prime minister and our military expert so that was like 50 <laughs> weather fools right there folks i have another one but i'll say it dang. there were so many there are a lot mm-hmm. all right well in case you missed any of those link links you can check us out at stormfrontfreaks.com episode 87 or in your podcast app we'll be able to uh, show you in the show notes area where they are so that was it for weather fools What's next? Send me a postcard. Drop me a line. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. Yeah, All right. It's time to check our freak fan box, MJ. What do we got? We got mail. And you know, we had 50 some uh, weather fools. Uh, We had a couple contributions. uh, Christine, uh, Luna Light, and uh, Parker Owens. Uh, We're going to save those folks. So don't worry. We'll save them for next time because we were jam packed this time. But thank you always for those of you who. uh, Send us weather fools as well. And then we had a James Wilson at Tornado Kid 3 uh, tweeted out to us and said, would love to win a copy of Weathering Life by James Spann. Love your podcasts. So we appreciate that, James. Good book. And it was an excellent book for yeah. sure. So yeah. that's uh, that's our uh, uh, fan box. Find us on facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks or our Twitter handle at stormfrontfreak. 
uh, or email us questions at stormfrontfreaks.com uh, or snail, snail mail at, oh, no, 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 no snail mail. All right. <laughs> I just got to say, just <laughs> more faxes. God, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, I was, I was always thinking of getting some kind of sound effect for our freak fan box with the old modem sound. Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that, that would be pretty appropriate. But hey, that would be good. That, uh, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening and watching. Before I reveal our next guest, uh, if you enjoy our show, do us a favor. Leave us a great review on your podcast app. Uh, and if it's something like if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, you can write it down and we'll actually share that on our next show. Um, or just tag us on your social media account. Uh, we'll share that as well. But don't forget to subscribe to the show. You just hit your podcast app subscribe button. Uh, works just like a magazine or a newspaper subscription. It's free and it guarantees that you'll get the latest show delivered right to your podcast inbox uh, the moment we release that. Hey, special thanks to our guest tonight jt cooper chris white thank you yeah. very much. Uh, it was definitely great having you on and thanks for sharing that uh, certainly if you have any questions about uh any of those chaser cons or if you're thinking of starting your own uh, definitely reach out to those guys our next episode is going to be in two weeks we're going to be recording live september 19th with the author of the weather machine Andrew Blum. Uh, I also heard that uh, Weather Troll by 5,000, I think we're going to be able to pull her out of the garage again. Oh, wow. There's uh, tons for that. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been building up uh, some inputs <laughs> for her. But if you'd like to watch the recording live, it's going to be at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Just check us out on our YouTube channel. Uh, go to YouTube.com, search Stormfront. Freak. So for MJ, Maz, Kim, JT, and Chris, uh, I'm going to go ahead and signal the all clear. And we'll catch you guys next time. Good night, See you. Good night everybody. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive storm chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.